Thanks for tuning in to the Crew at UGA podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. If you would like to get more connected with Crew at UGA, or if we can help you in any way at all, go to the show notes, click on the link, or follow us on Instagram at Crew at UGA. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crew at UGA podcast. I'm Kyler, a staff member with Crew, and as always, with me again today is Alan. But not only is Alan here with me, we also have another special guest, Daniel. Thanks for being on the episode. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so Daniel, why don't you start just by introducing yourself to everyone listening? Um, yeah. Hey, guys. Um, I'm Daniel. I'm on uh, Crew staff internationally with my wife, Missy, but for the um, year, thanks to a, a little thing called COVID, um, we're going to be with you guys. So we are really, really excited to be here. Some of y'all might have met us at, at Fall Retreat. Um, my wife, Missy, was at Watkinsville and I was running around. But um, but yeah, so we are just really, really excited to be here. Could not be more excited about today or just about this year with y'all. Yeah, for sure. Well, Daniel, it's, it's great to have you on our team here at UGA, but it's also great to have you on the podcast episode hmm. with old me and Alan. And I think it's very important for us to understand and realize why Daniel is on this episode, which is he really wants this to launch his worldwide podcast career. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> because That's so many people ask us, can I please get on the crew at UGA podcast? <laughs> And get exposure through your medium. Oh, that's right. We have to kind of be careful who we invite yeah, on because yeah. we're constantly getting requests. Of basically, people wanting to use us <laughs> for their own career. Yes, it's absolutely. probably true. Yeah. it's probably true. But it's okay, Daniel. We're willing to let the um, to let the glow of the podcast shine on you today. Absolutely. We appreciate your contribution. Yes, man. Yeah, this uh, this podcast it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, <laughs> gaining a lot of traction. We hope, indeed, probably for all I don't know fifty listeners yeah. we have. It's, hey, I- um, I feel good with that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so on today's episode, we're going to be just continuing to journey through the book of Acts. We mentioned last week, we're going to be going through Acts on the podcast for the next several weeks. Um, but before we jump into this week's episode, Alan, how about you recap for us what we talked about a little bit last week? Sure, I can do that. Last week, we started in the beginning of Acts. It was the first podcast we did on Acts. And we talked about how the book is traditionally called Acts because it's the Acts of the Apostle, but really you could also call this book the Acts of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and this idea of how does God begin his church after Jesus ascends. And we talked about how Jesus went away and the Holy Spirit came so that we would have God in us, God present with each and every believer. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. And we also talked about the history of the church. Is like this is the beginning of how the church starts, mm-hmm. the role the Holy Spirit plays in that. We talked about the past couple of weeks. We live in the kingdom age, the already, not yet, right. between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. And during this time, one of the main focuses of the church, or really I guess we could say the mission of the church, is to be God's witnesses to all the world in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, in all the world, like it talked about in Acts 1 8. And that's not the only thing the church does. It's not the entire nature of the church, but we would say that is the job or the mission of mm. the church overall during this age. And so God is calling to us. He, in this book, calls to those who are near the Jews, but then we also see he begins to call those who are farther and farther away until we see the Gentiles and all the nations of the earth involved in this invitation to come to him through Christ. So this book starts that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Great recap. 
And so as we continue on um, in this week's episode, we're going to be paying special attention to Stephen. And Stephen, he was actually the first Christian martyr, and so I'm excited for Daniel to talk about him. But before we do that, uh, let's maybe fill in some of the gaps. We're, we started in Acts 1, we're jumping to Stephen in Acts 6 and 7, and so what's been happening in Acts 2 through 5? So like Alan already mentioned, um, last week I talked about Jesus commissioning his disciples and telling them, hey, wait for the Holy Spirit, because with him you're going to receive power to be my witnesses. And then what we see is in Acts 2, uh, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost and, and it empowers them. And then what we see in chapters 3 through 5, Peter and John, they're just doing their thing in Jerusalem. And so they're going out, they're preaching, they're proclaiming the news about Jesus, doing all kinds of things in Jerusalem, and we see that in 3 through 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Daniel, what would you say maybe are some major observations from these chapters? Yeah, yeah. So a couple of things that I think are just really, really important to, to highlight. The first is that um, the church immediately begins to grow. We see thousands and thousands of people coming to know Jesus, um, and there are miracles in Jesus' name. There's literally nothing that can hold them back. And that's important because, and this is going to be important for today as we talk about Stephen, persecution just breaks out against the church, but it doesn't stop them. In fact, they have this mentality, and I think it's really important, especially as we dive into Stephen and especially as we just think about Acts in general, um, the response of the church to persecution and resistance is to consider themselves worthy of suffering for the name. Right. And there's this like mentality of like, hey, this is what I'm going through for my Lord, and this is worth it. All that I'm doing is a thank you. Mm-hmm. And even you know, following Jesus' example, this is we're living into our identity in Christ by not because bad things happen to us is a good thing, but because if the suffering comes, I'm going to treat it the same way Jesus did for me. Um, so, and then there's also, and it talks about this in the book of Hebrews, so I don't want to go off book, um, but it talks about this a lot in Hebrews that there's, um, in Hebrews 11, they have their mindset on what's coming, the kingdom coming. And so we talked about that kingdom already, kingdom out, yeah, there's, that kind of happens. Um, then the second thing, um, and, and it ties into the persecution and the reason for the persecution normally is that people, um, are not, who are not comfortable with the living God tend to be terrified by these signs and wonders and miracles. I know Alan and Kyler, y'all talked a lot last week about the signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit and the acts of the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit's moving, people who aren't comfortable with a living God who actually has effect on their life or, or with the living God who might not agree with their political stance or their cultural stance, their background, who, who might call them to change, people get uncomfortable and their response is to persecute. And and this is one of the things that kind of starts to, to happen. But even in spite of that persecution, the church keeps growing. And that's really chapters two through five. That's a lot of it. Yeah. And so starting in chapter six today, so six and seven, we're going to cover on the podcast. And so, so Daniel, where are you going to be taking us today? Yeah, we're going through Acts 6 through 7. Um, but um, as we're diving into that, how about, um, Kyle, would you mind reading us Acts 6 verses 1 through 7 for our listeners? Yeah, I'll read it for us. So in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit. And they chose Philip. And they chose five other names that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. 
They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Okay, so this is this is Stephen Back's story, right? Yeah. Okay, so here, so what I'm seeing in this is you have Stephen. He's probably a young man. We've never met him before, and evidently he gets chosen basically to do a servant role, right? And yeah. we have these... Grecian widows. So these are, are widows. Widows are probably the poorest, least educated, least attractive members of the church. And so they're being neglected. They're being overlooked. And this comes to the apostles. And they're in the midst of handling these huge crowds. And so instead they delegate this, but they say, we have to delegate it to good people because these ladies are important. Mm-hmm. And so they, they find men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and say, we're going to trust you with this. And so Stephen, I guess, is just one of the young men who gets chosen for this servant role, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the 12 disciples, um, including Matthias, um, they give this this job to um, Stephen because they just need to focus on, it says they need to focus on fasting and praying and teaching the word. Um, and, and right here, I think it's, it's kind of cool. So you see that these spiritual big shots in the church at this time, right? The pastors, the teachers, the big time spiritual leaders, we, we could even compare them to like the crew staff. Um, the staff basically said, okay, we have a lot of stuff on our plates and this is either too menial or just too much for us. Right. And so they find some people who are willing to devote their time to it. And I mean, we don't know, um, we, they probably didn't do this out of pride, right? I, we would hope that the leaders of the early right. church are not doing this out of pride or because they don't think these widows are worth their time. They're obviously taking time to make the decision. Right. Um, but this is not a job for leaders or not at least a job for spiritual leaders and teachers, right? Yeah, I just look at these guys and I'm just thinking there are literally thousands of people mm-hmm. around them that are coming to Christ and that they are being looked to to give leadership to this overall thing. And I think any of us who have led in anything know that mm-hmm. sometimes there are small details or certain things that come up that the leader can't do everything. You have to delegate or you have to trust some things to other people. And so yeah. I, I don't think it was at all from pride. I'm sure it was just because of the exigency of the situation. Yeah, yeah. But but this job was obviously not explicitly stated as like, this is not for leaders. And so Stephen right there, for like right off the bat, we see that he is kind of considered um, a average or just maybe even like just not a spiritual leader there. He's not the crazy guy in charge. To use a comparison for our students, like he was not a staff member for his ministry. He was at best like a student who was just willing to help and willing to lead. Uh, and so the real thing that it kind of highlights here is even though he's he's godly and he's full of the spirit, he is um, uh, just, te- just had the courage to step up and serve. He wasn't this theological leader. He wasn't profound or impressive. He wasn't cool or winsome. He was just a guy who loved the Lord and wanted to help with whatever he could. He literally was just that student. I, we've seen it so many times, that student who comes up to us and like, I can't do anything or I'm not a leader or I'm not winsome or I don't think I know enough about the Bible, but I just want to serve open-handed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is what, what he was. Yeah, I just think that's an amazing thought because you look at the book of Acts right here and as we're going to see happens in the story a little bit later, here is a guy who is going to be the first Christian martyr. Yeah. And yet at the beginning of chapter 6, you've never heard of him. 
you you don't know who he is, and yet within a chapter's time in the story, he becomes this pivotal figure mm-hmm. in the history of the church, which just says, wow, who knows what the Lord will do through one individual who, again, is just full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Yeah, yeah. And as we're looking here in verses 8 through 15, what we see happens next, um, Stephen's just going about this ministry. So he gets given this responsibility, and he just takes it, and he attacks it. And it says that as he's going about his ministry, which is supposed to be with widows, it says the, be, be, just because he's humble and willing, God is using him. He starts doing signs and wonders. There's those signs and wonders again um, that are being used through him. The Lord starts opening up doors to share the gospel, and we see priests, even priests like spiritual leaders, start to come to the Lord because of him. And, and, and again, just for our students, we, we see here what God does with a willing heart. Um, he's not one of the 12. He doesn't have a big leadership role, but God is just using what he's willing um, to put forward to open up doors for the gospel. Yeah, again, signs and wonders, like you say, they're being performed through Stephen. So, again, important to realize the Holy Spirit has a role in this. Mm-hmm. Here's a person who's open to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit shows up in his life and does great things through him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so in verses, uh, or in chapter 6, verse 9 through 10, people known as the freedmen begin to try and dispute Stephen. Um, and they get put to shame. So again, God starts opening up these doors for ministry. He starts doing signs and wonders through this guy who is just trying to do his job that the disciples have given him. And all of a sudden, he is put kind of in this place of importance, which you know I think happens a lot. And again, he's not this great theologian. He's not a teacher. Um, he's just listening to the Holy Spirit and speaking the gospel. What? But what happens? Um, is as he's doing this, he starts to experience resistance to the gospel message. Um, so like we talked about before, this is a common theme through Acts. In fact, in Luke um, chapter 10, verse 3, in, in Luke, the Jesus literally calls his disciples sheep amongst wolves. And so, again, there's this common theme of human and even demonic resistance to the gospel. And, and we don't want to miss, I, I just don't want to miss this opportunity to share with our students that um, in our movement, if our movement on UGA's campus is successful, we're going to see resistance, both human and demonic, to our message and our effort. It, it's just a reality, and, and it's not a discouraging reality. In fact, it's an encouragement. It's a good thing for those of you, I, I know some of our students are going to be experiencing resistance to their gospel message um, resistance to the signs and wonders that God is going to be working through them. If some of y'all literally are Stephen in this moment, you've just taken whatever God gave you. You are trying to like share the gospel with it. God is opening up doors and things are going good. And then you start to hit resistance, either human or, um, just spiritual resistance to what you're doing. And, and I want y'all just to be encouraged. If you start to experience resistance, just like Stephen did to, to fight through it, not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it means that what you are fighting for is actually worth it. It's worth it. If you start to experience human resistance, if you start to experience spiritual resistance, it means that there's something there uh, that's worth fighting for, and that's the only reason why you'd experience resistance there. So these guys take Stephen, their response, their resistance is to take Stephen and falsely accuse him and stir up a mob to actually attempt to kill him. Okay, so that brings us to chapter 7. So those of us who are reading along in the Acts reading plan know that in chapter (laughs) 7... It's really long. So it's, <laughs> it's like long. So he goes on for 53 verses preaching <laughs> this this long sermon. He gets pulled in front of the crowd and suddenly preaches this impromptu sermon and every word of it is recorded. Hmm. 
in the book of Acts. And it's basically a, a sermon about Jewish history. So what's yeah. going on with that? Yeah. Okay. So um, my, my middle name's Goldman. So J- Jewish, Jewish heritage. Um, we Jews are storytellers and we care a lot about details. So those of y'all who know, who know me know that I, I tend to share long stories. It's, it's in my blood. It's just the way we do things. So one thing, Stephen's a Jew and he's speaking to Jews. So first and foremost, um, in 1 Peter 3.15, it says, always be prepared to give uh, to whoever asks you the reason for the hope that you have, but do so with gentleness and respect, or basically do it at becoming all things that the gospel may be preached is how in Paul Corinthians talks about it. But Stephen is adjusting to his audience And so, one, he's speaking to Jews. They're going to want to know the full story. They're going to want to know all the details. And um, so that's really important. And as he's going through this history of uh, Israel, remember, everyone kind of knows the stories he's talking about. The big things he highlights are just all these moments when the Holy Spirit did something in the history of God's people, right? His people, the Jewish people, and all the times they did not understand or did not listen. So he talks about Abraham. He says how God called Abraham to be a blessing to the nations through his offspring, prophesying Jesus, but Abraham didn't fully understand what he was doing. He just kind of even highlights even the one who was faithful didn't really understand, but but at least went with it. Then he talks about Joseph, how God called Joseph to be raised up to save his brothers and prophesied that. And then his brothers heard that, and their response was to throw Joseph in a ditch. And then even though they threw Joseph in a ditch, God still worked through Joseph and brought the salvation. Then he talks about Moses. Moses had the same experience. He was called by God to save his people, but um, their response was to hate on him and to not reject him. And so he ended up spending a long time in Midian. And it wasn't until, again, God like worked through in spite of the rejection that he did that. And he goes over and over again about these examples. He talks about Joshua, David, Solomon. He brings up over and over again and kind of sums it up at the end. He just says, hey, over and over again, you have rejected God's messengers. You've rejected the prophets. You've rejected every single time the Holy Spirit's moved through and done an act. And so on the one hand, we like to think of Acts as like a New Testament book. Stephen's sermon kind of frames Acts in terms of the whole Bible and says like, hey, my people, you are still rejecting the acts of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. Um, And they actually kind of end up proving his point about resisting the Holy Spirit and showing hard hearts. Um, Kyla, can you read that? This is um, chapter 7, verses 54 through 59. Yeah, so we're going to see what happens to Stephen after, uh, after his sermon. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, Stephen called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Okay, that's amazing because, so I'm assuming, I mean, this strong reaction, gnashing their teeth and covering yeah. their ears, yeah. and then they go out and stoning him. Yeah. They're, they're doing this. They have this strong reaction because they're Jews, and they consider what he's speaking to be blasphemy, mm-hmm. which was punishable by death under Jewish law. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so ironic because they're literally doing what he has just talked about. They're proving his point, saying this is what all your ancestors did. And then boom, they're doing it. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I want to highlight this hard-heartedness um, because it says in chapter 6, at the very end of chapter 6, it mentions how Stephen's face looks like an angel or looks as the face of an angel. Now, that sounds really like cute to Americans because, you know, oh, she looks like an angel, he looks like an angel. But in biblical times, angels were considered like awe-inspiring and fearful, and they didn't have that like metaphor that we do nowadays. So when it said that Stephen's face looked like the face of an angel, it meant there was a presence. This was another sign and wonder, like there was a palpable presence on Stephen and they were still ignoring it. They were ignoring that like God is doing something powerful in their midst. He closed their ears, gnashed the teeth. And again, this is what we should expect from the world. Jesus said in, in one time in Luke, again in Luke 16, he was giving Uh, one of his sermons. And again, Luke was the same writer, so he always wants us to look back to Luke as we're going through Acts. Um, In Luke 16, he literally says, if they even see someone rise from the dead, and again, these are people who are in, a lot of them who are in Jerusalem when Jesus rose from the dead, they will not believe if they won't believe my word. And so um, there are going to be moments um, for our students when people just have hard hearts and we can't be discouraged by it. You're going to do everything in your power. You're going to say everything in your power. You're going to win your argument. You're going to do the exact same thing they, they said that you could never do. You're going to, God's going to do crazy acts. And sometimes people are still just going to be hard-hearted. And when that happens, we can't be discouraged by it. And the way that Stephen isn't discouraged by it, it's really interesting. He sees the Lord right before he's killed. Um... And, and again, I just think it's so important that we keep our eyes fixed on the kingdom, that kingdom mindset as we do that. Now, there's one other thing I'm going to highlight before, you know, we start to, to hit our points and our wrap-ups and our, our major takeaways, and this will be important for those. As Stephen, you know, sees the Lord, he's killed, he forgives his enemies, dies, goes to heaven. There's a man named Saul who actually approves of his death. And now that's where the chapter ends, but but um, there are a few takeaways I, I think we should dwell on as we wrap up. So first and foremost, the Holy Spirit moves through Stephen. Um, Stephen isn't special in himself. We've, we've talked about this in earlier points, um, but he is willing and he's excited to serve the Lord however the Lord wants. And the Holy Spirit takes this and works signs and wonders and gives courage. He gives words. He gives wisdom through him. Uh, so Stephen was willing. The Lord made him able. Stephen was willing, but the Lord made him able. Second, Stephen's the first martyr. Um, and this is, and we talk about this, there's a tradition that gets established because of Stephen in the church of proclaiming the gospel and not rejecting Christ, even in the face of torture and death. And this is so important. In fact, the church goes through, is about to go through over 200 years of intense persecution. There are going to be Christians who are risking their lives every single day, who are um, going to be brought before people every single day, going to potentially be killed or tortured and asked if they will recant their faith because of torture every single day for hundreds of years. And it's because of this example of Stephen. In fact, explicitly, if you read the old church narratives and the, the old church history from this time, they always cite Stephen and the martyrs mm-hmm. as their example. And so Stephen becomes this example that literally motivates the church to survive for hundreds of years just because of his example of when he's facing death still proclaiming the gospel with every last chance he's got and then the last thing that we see here is Stephen sowing seeds of salvation for Saul to become Paul we're going to 
talk about this, I'm sure, in the, in the futures we go through Acts, but Paul becomes a pretty central character. He's literally the guy who wrote half the New Testament, and without Stephen's courage, Saul would have never set out on this path to become Paul. Man, that's all really good. And so, so yeah, like you said, I mean, what we see from the story and the story of Stephen, mm. like you said, we see first that Stephen was filled by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit was moving through him. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about Stephen being the first martyr, and how important that was for the early church. Yep. And we see that Stephen, he was sowing the seeds of salvation for Saul to become Paul. And mm-hmm. so we see all of that in, in Acts 6 and 7. Yeah. But as we wrap up, like, what are some major themes for us as listeners today, maybe our students listening? Yeah. What are some takeaways for our students that are listening right now? Yeah, guys. Um, just a, a couple things, uh, words of encouragement for y'all specifically. First, um, you might not see yourself as this great spiritual leader, but if you are willing... The Holy Spirit wants to work signs and wonders through you. If you are willing, the Holy Spirit is able to use you. Um, and secondly, you will, if you are willing, the Holy Spirit will use you and, and you'll probably encounter resistance to the gospel. If you really start to minister, if you really start to share it with the world, if you really start doing a ministry that is effective and powerful, you will actually experience resistance human and, and often spiritual. And it's a good thing. It means what you're trying to change is actually worth something. Um, and then the last thing I would just say is you will never know the full extent or the meaning of your work with the Lord. Um, but just like Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Stephen um, did not plan on being the example of, mar- of for the martyrs of the church. Um, and he had no idea who Saul was. He had no idea that there was a guy in the audience who was watching him proclaim the gospel who would go on a rampage, as we're going to see in the next couple of chapters, and then have, because of that rampage, an, an intense encounter with the Lord that would cause him to, one, become the founder of almost half of the early churches, like church locations, and then two, write half the New Testament. Without Stephen, we literally don't have half the New Testament. We don't have half of the early church. Um, and Stephen never knew that in his time on earth. Um, but he just committed, and the Lord took that and multiplied it. So you never know just how important, when you encounter that resistance, you know it's worth something. You never know the full extent of what it's worth. Daniel, that's great. Great job. Those are great points, and so appreciate you coming at us with that today. And just want to encourage everybody to keep going with the Acts Reading Plan. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel, thanks again. And yeah, and, uh, yeah for those who are joining us on the Acts Reading Plan, keep it up. Uh, I know I'm, I'm getting a lot out of it, and it's been really cool to, to go through it and to hear others going through it as well. So again, thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Alan, for being on this week's episode. And we'll see you next week.